Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when we start with self-reflection and discovery. Welcome to the 50th episode of Be The Change. I have a very special guest for this very special episode, and I'm super excited that I get to share her story and her voice with you today. Mimi Cole is the host of the podcast, The Lovely Becoming, while also studying counseling in grad school. We got to talk about mental health, body image, pretty much a wide scope of Mimi's work, and it was a really wonderful conversation. I am super excited to get into this week's episode. So without further ado, meet Mimi Cole. My name is Mimi, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in clinical rehabilitation and mental health counseling to become a therapist. Um, I started doing social media advocacy work in 2019, right in the beginning, and I currently am really passionate about obsessive compulsive disorder and eating disorders, um, specifically uh, otherwise specified feeding and eating disorders, including orthorexia um, and higher weight anorexia. Um, And so a lot of what I do is go to speak on panels and podcasts and um, write courses and things like that as of late, and I'd really like to write a book in the future. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Mimi, and I'm really excited to be talking with you. I listened to The Lovely Becoming and saw your account on Instagram, and I thought you'd be a great guest for my show. So you gave me some about what you're working on now, but I'd really like to know how you got to this point where you're running your own podcast and you're studying counseling and everything that's going on. What experiences did you have that brought you to this point in your life? Yeah, so once I started learning about my diagnoses, I was really curious about some disparities in mental health and some some things that were kind of not matching up. So for example, with OCD, um, it was really different than I thought it was um, based on the media portrayals I had seen. Um, so for example, a lot of times people will talk about how they're so OCD or they wash their hands a lot or it's like really helpful to have OCD when you want to be organized. Whereas I struggled with a lot of intrusive thoughts around harm, around um, driving and religion. And so I didn't really know there was a name for what I was experiencing. Um, And then with the eating disorder, I also saw others doing some advocacy work, but felt I had a unique perspective as someone who had a diagnosis of OSFED. um, And a lot of times people will say that's less clinical or subclinical or something. But I know from the research and from my own experiences that it was just as real and valid as other people's eating disorders. I also think it's important that the place, or I guess the timing um, of everything, I learned about um, Carolyn Costin, and she's um, a great advocate in the field um, who wrote Eight Keys to Recovery from an Eating Disorder. Um, And she's really led the way for people in terms of being recovered clinicians and sharing your story as a therapist and also the wave in the movement towards being vulnerable and human as a person first before a therapist, um, crediting Brene Brown and um, just different people who have paved the, paved the way for people like me to be able to share their stories um, and not feel like there's a lot of shame or a lot of hush hush around it. So it's still a work in progress, but I really wanted to create a space where people could be educated and learn that they aren't alone in the thoughts that scare them. 
Definitely. I love that. I think that's such a great start and a great introduction to the episode. So could you tell me some about your experience with therapy? Because you're obviously such a big advocate for for therapy. And I think it's a really unfortunate reality that it has to be so... I think it's so stigmatized. So can you tell me some about how therapy has shaped you and maybe explain some about what you've gained from therapy? Yeah, most definitely. I started therapy my first year of college, um, which is kind of crazy to me to believe, but that was, gosh, five years ago, I think now. Um, And I started off working with an intern, um, a, a, a counseling intern. And so that was a really good experience. I enjoyed it. And then I took a break from therapy for a couple months because I thought I was done with it, um, which is funny looking back. But um, yeah, and then I found a new therapist and she was really fantastic. She taught me about intuitive eating and health at every size approach, which was just incredible and um, about eating disorders. And she was kind of the person that I wanted to emulate in terms of my career and goals. And so around that time, I had been a special education major, um, but then I switched over to being a child development and medicine health and society major, um, kind of trying to tailor my projects towards eating disorders. I wasn't sure at the time, and I'm not sure now either, but I didn't know if I wanted to work with adults or kids, but it was such an incredible time to go to therapy for me. Um, It really helped me find my voice and grow in what I wanted to do in my understanding of what it looks like to be an advocate for mental health and therapy. I learned that I could be known fully and share the scariest thoughts and not be judged. Um, One great approach in therapy is called um, unconditional positive regard. Um, And it's really awesome because the therapist is not there to judge you or to um, think poorly of you, but they really want to understand you and and help you reach your own goals and values. That's awesome. And I'm so glad to hear that therapy has been so transformative in your life. So you talked about loving yourself, and I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit more. So why did you think why why do you think it's so difficult for people? And your work centers a lot around young women, so maybe young women in particular. But why is it so difficult for people to love themselves? Yes, definitely. Um, First of all, our bodies are shamed a lot, um, both in terms of receiving and giving pleasure, um, in terms of being able to just exist in the range of human diversity of size, um, in terms of just taking up space with our voices, um, specifically are some things. And then also this idea that women shouldn't speak as much, shouldn't own their voices and their power and their stories. And then the general shame and vulnerability, the shame that we've been taught as human beings, as especially as women, to, to be small and to shrink ourselves and to be quiet. Um, and I think that's been a really hard thing for centuries, um, but it continues to be difficult because even though people are starting to learn like maybe this isn't the story that I need to live into, or maybe um, there's another option or another path. It takes time. Um, Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And it makes me think a lot of diet culture and how in so many ways we don't even see these things that are happening to us because we've just been so conditioned by society from the time that we're young to just accept that as a reality. So I think that's a really interesting point. 
What is some of the best advice that you've gotten from someone? Or if there are any words of wisdom that you live by, does anything like that come to mind for you? Yeah, my favorite thing that I live by is perhaps it could happen anyways. Um, And what that means is that especially with OCD um, and with eating disorders as well, there's a lot of safety seeking behaviors and trying to prevent bad things from happening. And so even with our best defenses and coping mechanisms, perhaps the bad thing and the scary thing could happen anyway, and we can cope with whatever comes up. So if that's, I'm afraid I'm going to gain weight. And so I'm going to restrict or I'm going to purge, you know, maybe even if I engage in those behaviors, I'll still gain weight and that's okay. I can cope with that. Or maybe, um, you know, a loved one is going to get sick and is going to pass and there's nothing I can do because that's part of being human and I can cope with what comes up. Yeah, I really like that. And I think it's a great way to put fears, worries, doubts, any of that into perspective. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'd also really love to talk with you about your outlets for self-care because I think it's such an important component to self-love and better mental health. So what are some of your go-to or your favorite things to do when you're feeling stressed? Oh, yes. Unfortunately, one of my favorites is going to coffee shops. But as of late, it's been a little bit difficult. Um, So that's kind of unfortunate. But um, I love going out on walks and I love Starbucks um, because I live like five minute walk from one, which is just so fun. (laughs) Um, And then I also really like to read. um, And I, I do love social media. Actually, a lot of people are like, I wish I didn't like it. But like, I just really enjoy it. And I like talking to friends on the phone a lot. I've been trying to be more intentional about that and watching uh, movies and TV. So I think your point about social media is really interesting. And it also kind of surprises me because I've heard so many different mental health experts and advocates talk about how detrimental social media can be. So if people are struggling with their body image or their self-love, often people, I think, maybe can feel like it stems from social media or it stems from this ideal image that people are trying to portray on different social media platforms. So what advice do you have for people who may be struggling with those feelings about social media? Do you have any tips about how to engage with social media in a more healthy way? Um, I would say the mute button is my favorite thing that ever existed um, because you don't have to unfollow like friends and stuff but you don't have to see their posts all the time, um, which has been super helpful for me. So I don't, I don't really follow a ton of um, like peers um, because usually they're posting like images of themselves, which is fine. I just prefer text images where I don't have to compare my body all the time um, or my life. And so most of my feed is text posts um, that are thoughtful, therapeutic, or I wish there was another T, but um thoughtful, therapeutic, or just challenging to me in terms of like diversity and racial inequities and things like that. And so I would say um, pick out people who encourage and inspire and motivate you. Um, But also sometimes that can get overwhelming too when it's just all like body positivity, think about this therapy thing. So I will say too, like sometimes I think it's fun to have just like funny videos or like cute pictures of pets or things like that. to really help. Definitely, and I think finding that balance is a really important part, so thank you for sharing that advice. I'm asking for a lot of advice from you this episode, but I'd really like to know if you have any tips for people 
who may see a loved one struggling with their mental health. What are the best ways for people to support their friends, their family members in that situation? Yeah, definitely a tool that I think is helpful is saying like specific things you've noticed instead of saying like, you know, you seem sick or like (laughs) there's something like going on with you. Um, And I think that really helps because people are able to say like, oh, that is true. Like I have been doing this or um, I think general things sometimes people don't respond as well to because they're not sure exactly what you're talking about and they want to be defensive. Um, And so specifically that phrase has been really helpful for me that I'm noticing that you are counting the grams of fat that you're eating. I'm noticing that um, you are body checking a lot. Can we have a conversation about that? I'm really worried about that. And I want to make sure that you feel cared for and loved in the body that you're in right now. Um, And having a lot of compassion um, and not accusations necessarily. That's great. And I think that's really useful advice. I'd also really love to talk with you some more about your podcast because you've given so much great advice this episode and I want people to go listen to your show if they want to hear more from you. So tell me some about the purpose of the podcast, the process to start it. Just give me the whole scoop about The Lovely Becoming. I love my podcast. I'm very proud of it Um, and my guests that I have on it. So uh, in the beginning, it started off with dietitians and therapists um, that were specifically geared towards eating disorders um, because I really wanted to make sure there was a basis for people learning about intuitive eating, health at every size, um, anti-diet work and diet culture. Um, So there are episodes up on there. And then I really want to interview just my favorite Instagram people that I've met and connected with. And so it turned into broader therapists that I really like and authors and speakers. And I started just kind of expanding that space um, to really be a collection of people I'm interested in knowing more about. And so the podcast is called The Lovely Becoming, um, like my Instagram handle. And I think it's pretty excellent. Like the guests that come on are amazing. And we've learned a lot about polyvagal theory about boundaries and relationships about um leaving a religious orientation about um lgbtq plus issues in recovery there's just been a broad variety of things that we've talked about which is really awesome i think it's a great show and i'm so glad that you're creating such a great resource for people because it's really helping so many people in your community um everyone should definitely go check out the lovely becoming if you want to hear more from mimi Before I let you go, though, I have one last question that I like to ask all of my guests. So, lots of young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world. Do you have any advice or maybe words of wisdom that you'd want to share with these people who may just not really be sure where to get started? I would definitely recommend starting with self-reflection and discovery, um, especially through therapy. And then um, I really like the Enneagram. Um, It's a really great self-discovery tool to understand your core fears and motivations um, and understand yourself a little bit better. Uh, And so I think it's a great thing to be able to zoom out a bit and kind of understand what you're passionate about um, and what your goals are. And it's, and to understand, and and to have compassion for where you're at, because it took me a while to get to where I am today. And um, I didn't have as many concrete goals as before, you know, I, I think I want to be a doctor for a bit or like a teacher and, but as you grow, it, it gets a little bit better and easier to um, figure out what you want to do and what your passions are, which is pretty awesome.
It was so great to speak with Mimi, and I found her answers to be so thoughtful and supportive. I especially want to highlight the point she made about taking the time to zoom out and understand your own passions and feelings, because I think it's something that so many people don't feel like they have the luxury of doing. It's okay to take some time to think about how you're feeling, because checking in on yourself and making sure you're doing okay is just as important as checking tasks off your to-do list every day. So try to take care of yourself and focus on what makes you happy because change comes when we start with self-reflection and discovery. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and you can follow Mimi and The Lovely Becoming on Instagram at the dot lovely becoming to get connected with her and follow along with her content. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at be the change org or on Instagram at be the change podcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye guys. <laughs>